This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, what do you got for news and notes, John? We're talking about the playoffs and uh, the column in sportsradio610.com about the playoffs and how each team stands between Indianapolis and Houston and Jacksonville. And it's interesting. The Texans have given up the fewest points of those three teams. And the Jaguars are having the most trouble right now. They've lost three in a row. Uh, they're three and four at home. Both of these teams have losing records at home. Uh, you talking, when, you say, when you say both of these, you're talking Indy and Jacksonville have losing yeah, records at home? Okay, about the teams you. that are tied for first. Jacksonville gotcha. is three and five at home. Indy's three and four. Jacksonville is five and one on the road. Hmm. And Indy's five and two on the road. Jaguars have lost three in a row. Trevor Lawrence is uh, in a concussion protocol, and he's still yeah. working with that sprained ankle. And and the Colts with Gardner Minshew, they're five and one in their last six games. So the Texans, who are five and two over their last seven, they're five and two at home, three and four on the road. They, the Texans and Colts, right now are playing a whole lot better than the Jaguars. Yeah, they're 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 playing better. The problem for those two teams is. If there is a three-way tie atop the division, the Jags are going to win that tiebreaker because they, the the Jags are two and zero against the Colts and one and one against the Texans. The, you know, the cumulative head-to-head games among those three teams, the Jags have the tiebreaker. Uh, and the Jags, if the Texans, let's say the Texans beat the Colts in Week 18, and the, it's down to them and the Jags for the division, in all likelihood, the Texans are going to have to probably win the division by a full game because most of the tiebreakers, I think, and this may, I may, I may be hijacking things that are in your notes. And if I am, I'm sorry, John, but the, the Jags, I think the, the tiebreakers are all either with or very much leaning towards the Jags right now, if I'm not mistaken. If the playoffs started today, the Jags would be division champions. The Colts would be a wild card and the Texans would be the first team on the outside looking in. And of the remaining schedules, the Texans have the toughest. Their opponents are 22 and 20. Hmm. The uh, uh, Colts' opponents are 20 and 22. And the Jaguars' opponents, it's it's amazing how easy their schedule is at this point, 14 and 28. Wow. So the Jags play some trashy teams. Although, they, John, they play Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, that, that number, by the way. <laughs> That number's kind of skewed because Carolina's one of the two teams well, that so the Jags play. Well, so is Tennessee. So they're 5-9, yeah. and 2-12, and then the Bucks are 7-7. Seven and seven. They don't play a team with a winning record. The Texans play two with winning records. And the Colts have one left with a winning record, and that would be the Texans. Yeah. I You know, they the Colts play Atlanta this weekend in Atlanta. Atlanta's still playing for something. You know, I think that, that, that game's going to be tough. 
Texans lost in Atlanta. They know that firsthand. Um, the big one this weekend is that Tampa Bay Jacksonville game. Cause if the Texans can beat Cleveland, you know, then, then, then you got Tennessee and Indy the rest of the way. Um, the Texans need the Jags to lose another game if they're going to win the division. Like there's no, there's no tie scenario that I feel good about them beating the Jags in a tiebreaker. And I think this is the best chance, especially given the fact there might not be any Trevor Lawrence in this game. If he's in the concussion protocol, we've seen quarterbacks come out of concussion protocol inside of a week this season, Derek Carr and Brock Purdy both came back the same week. They were put in the protocol. CJ Stroud obviously did not. Um, But Tampa Bay is playing some really, really good football right now. Uh, so that's, and it's in Tampa. So that's, that's a big one. If you're a Texan fan, same way, I was same way, John, we were circling Buffalo and Dallas last week and we saw how that worked out. Thanks a lot, Cowboys. Thanks for nothing. Um, I'm circling Tampa Bay and Jacksonville this week. If I'm sort of power ranking the games, the non-Texan games on the schedule of, of, in terms of importance for the Texans, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay is a monster, monster game for the Texans in the AFC South this weekend. Texans need the Jaguars and the Colts to lose on the road. Yep. Now, Sean, we all know the Texans, nine of the last 10 games have come down the last 30 seconds, including four with no time left. Texans are 2-2 in those games. But if nine of those games, there's only one that was decided by seven, none by six. So eight games have been decided by five or fewer, eight. That is amazing. Six by three or fewer. So this team, when D'Amico Ryan's talked about, said we're battle-tested, they are battle-tested. No team has gone through what they have with so many close games. And it's amazing that they're six and three in those nine games. Yeah. I, John, I, those, are, those are great stats as far as the margin goes. I, I, I like to look at how much time is left when the game essentially is decided, like the deciding play, you know, like the Kyler Murray fourth down heave, you know, that's incomplete. You know, the Texans have to take a knee, but the game was decided on that play. I know the average for the eight games prior to the Titans win, the win over the Titans was 11 seconds left in the game when the deciding play happened. Obviously that number has gone down. What with the game being decided with zero, zero, zero left on the clock and Kaimi Fairbairn in this last one. So it's probably under, I guess now it's 10 seconds or under 10 seconds um, uh, is how much time has been left when the Texans have clinched each of these games. John, did you happen to see the video of Kaimi Fairbairn's field goal from field level that Drew Doherty took? I don't know if you saw that. No, I, I tweeted not. it out. He, he took a, he drew Doherty, of course, to the Texans. He's down on the field during the game because he's getting content for Texans TV and whatnot. He filmed from his iPhone. It looked like he filmed, the, the game-winning field goal, but he kept the camera on Kaimi. He didn't follow the ball. He just kept the camera on Kaimi kicking the field goal, <clears throat> and it was so funny. Kaimi kicks it, watches it, turns, just starts slowly walking back towards the bench, takes his helmet off, and just drops it and starts kind of walking like this, like, almost like a hitter who just hit a walk-off tossing their helmet off kind of thing. It was so cool. It was, it was really – that was that. That was a fun game for for a game. That was, if you told me a game was nineteen sixteen as a final score, I'd be like, okay, well, that sounds kind of ugly. And the game was ugly at times, but that that game had a lot of action in it. The, the, the each team had the ball twice a piece in the final three minutes of the game. Like it, like the Texans scored to tie it up with three minutes and three seconds left. Each team got the ball twice after that in the final three minutes of regulation. That's crazy to me. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another thing about Fairbairn's field goal, it made mm-hmm. it would have gone in from 64 yards. It went up on the net. Yeah. I mean, he just boomed it. And I thought it was very good. D'Amico Ryans was asked why he didn't run more plays. And he said because he knew they were in within his range and he didn't want to take a chance on a hold or or a false start or something like that. And he turned out to be exactly right. That was the first time they've won a road game in overtime since September of 2018 at Indy, which started a nine-game winning streak. And they had seven sacks, two and a half by Jonathan Grenard, giving him 12 for the season. And that is sec- tied for second most in team history behind eight in Jacksonville in 2016, a victory over Jacksonville. And then their 12 tackles for loss, it seemed like every one of them was Derrick Henry. I mean, that guy, he just got smothered. That was the second most till they had 15 in 2009 against Seattle. Oh, God, I don't even remember that one. Usually I'm pretty good at recall on stuff like this. I have no recall of that Seattle game in 2009. That's um, all the general news and notes. Well, John, I, I'll, can I add one here? Uh, sure. Uh, a Pender news and notes for the Derrick Henry. Uh, the Derrick Henry stat right there, the Derrick Henry talk. Um, I saw – I think the Texans tweeted this out, actually that it was the first time in history, in the history of the NFL, that a player touched the ball 20 or more times and gained 15 or fewer yards from scrimmage in a game. It's never happened before. It's never happened. Crazy. Great defense. Two weeks from now, I'm guessing he's not going to want any part of this defense after what he went through, especially knowing his career in Nashville could be over. And uh, he said after the game, I kind of wanted to go out in the playoffs, like he knows it's going to be it, but he could return. They got a lot of money to spend. It's just a matter of how much they want to spend on a running back who turns 30 in January. Oh, and who's got, I mean, John, nobody's got more wear on the tread than Derrick Henry over the last few years. I don't care how big you are. Like he's taken a lot of hits, a lot of hits. What did I see on the broadcast on Sunday? 50% of his, 50, 5-0% of his carries this season, he's been hitting the backfield. That's crazy. It's trash. Boy, that Skaronsky pick looks positively Kenyon Green-esque right now at left guard. Uh, Just terrible. Yeah, just, yeah, really, really destroyed him. Um, All right, John, that was good stuff. I love the general news and notes with John McClain. 